What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Soccer in the United States is having a moment right now, with Lionel Messi making his MLS debut and several of the world's biggest clubs playing friendlies throughout the country. But is this a sign of bigger things to come for the world's most popular sport, or will it simply fizzle out once the NFL starts back up next month? Today's podcast will break down exactly where MLS is at and where they need to go. I had a lot of fun putting this episode together, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's get right into it. When Lionel Messi made his Inter-Miami CF debut last week, it legitimately felt like a movie. LeBron James, Serena Williams, Kim Kardashian, and David Beckham, who have a combined Instagram following of 618 million, were all in attendance at the game. And legendary scriptwriters Spike Lee and Aaron Sorkin couldn't have imagined a better ending. That's because Lionel Messi drew a foul in the game's final seconds. The crowd then stood on its feet and started chanting, Messi, Messi, Messi. Aware regulation was set to end with the world's greatest player taking a free kick from one of the field's most dangerous spots. And the moment, it didn't disappoint. Lionel Messi approached the ball and swung his illustrious left foot. The free kick was from exactly 24.2 yards out and had an expected goal of just 0.08. But none of that mattered because Messi did what he always does, deliver. The shot found the upper left corner of the net and the crowd went wild. Fireworks erupted over the stadium and Apple TV even caught David Beckham. David Beckham shedding a tear on the sideline. It was an iconic moment for Lionel Messi and Major League Soccer too. The video of the kick from the MLS Twitter account currently has 55 million views and 385,000 favorites, marking the fourth time MLS has had a tweet garner 100,000 plus favorites since Messi joined the league just a few weeks ago. And that doesn't even count all the other social media accounts that posted about the video too. Hundreds of millions, if not billions of impressions from that one moment alone. And it isn't just domestic interest either. Google Trends data currently indicates global interest Global interest in Major League Soccer has never been higher than it is right now. If you look at the chart on Google Trends, it's up and to the right. You can zoom all the way back as far as you want from the year 2004, 2007, whatever you want. David Beckham's tenure never even came close to the interest that Major League Soccer has right now worldwide via Google Trends. Lionel Messi also delivered again, of course, in his second MLS match, scoring two goals and assisting another to beat Atlanta United 4-0. And the results, they're compounding. For example, MLS Season Pass, which is Apple TV's $50 a year subscription service to watch all MLS content, has seen an explosion in interest since Lionel Messi's arrival this past month. Again, if you go on Google Trends and you search the topic MLS Season Pass, up and to the right, it has not even come close, right? This is only something that's been a few months old, but in the tenure that it's been live with Apple, it has not even come close to the interest that we're seeing globally right now. And a lot of this is driven through Lionel Messi specifically, right? Sergio Busquets has been amazing. He's probably the second best player in MLS right now. They have some other people on the way. The team looks really good. They were the worst club in the league. Now they're probably one of the best overnight. And again, a lot of this has to do with Lionel Messi, but he also, it's important to remember, has a deal with Apple where he gets a cut of all the streaming revenue. So he's posting about it on his Instagram account to 400 million followers. That's promoting people to go sign up for the service, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. He is heavily marketing the service and therefore MLS too. And Inter-Miami specifically 
has gained 11 million Instagram followers since Lionel Messi's signing. Inter-Miami is now the fourth most followed U.S. sports team on Instagram. Every single team in the, in the U.S. We're talking NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Inter-Miami is number four. And they have more Instagram followers at 12.6 million followers than the other 28 MLS clubs combined. So again, if you added up all 28 MLS clubs outside of Inter-Miami, the total that they have on Instagram is less than Inter-Miami. Inter-Miami had less than 1 million followers before Lionel Messi got there. They have 12.6 million followers today. It's absolutely insane. The only three sports teams in the entire United States across all those leagues I just mentioned that have more followers in Inter-Miami are number one, the Golden State Warriors in the NBA with 31 million followers on Instagram. Number two, the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA, 23 million followers on Instagram. And number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA with 16 million followers. So soon enough, right? Maybe it takes another month or whatever, but Inter-Miami is going to be the third most followed team only to the Warriors and the Lakers. The Cavaliers, I imagine, I haven't looked, but my guess is that they gained a lot of followers when LeBron James came back and won a championship there. And then when he left, they basically just maintained a share of that. But Inter-Miami is clearly on the upward trend when all of the other MLS clubs have not budged since. But still, gaining social media followers off the back of a 36-year-old international superstar that's going to retire in a few years clearly does not guarantee long-term success. So is Messi's move to Major League Soccer simply a flash in the pan, or could be it something much bigger? In case you haven't noticed, soccer is having a moment in the United States right now. There was Lionel Messi signing an MLS debut, of course, but several of the world's most famous clubs are currently hosting friendlies throughout the United States. For example, 50,596 people showed up in North Carolina to watch Wrexham AFC take on Chelsea. Wrexham AFC. I know they have the docu-series, right? But this is a small club in Wales taking on Chelsea with over 50,000 people showing up in North Carolina to watch. Then over 65,000 people saw a seven-goal Premier League Summer Series match as Chelsea beat 10-man Brighton 4-3 in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field where the Philadelphia Eagles play. NRG Stadium then had 67,801 fans in Houston for Barcelona's match against Real Madrid. The Rose Bowl was packed with 70,814 fans, including myself, for Real Madrid's match against AC Milan. And Arsenal versus Manchester United set a new soccer attendance record at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey with over 82,000 fans in attendance for that match. And to give you a little bit of context on that number, again, I know it's just one match. These are international clubs that are traveling. Maybe it's your only chance to see them. You get the point. But 82,000 fans for that match between Manchester United and Arsenal at MetLife Stadium is significantly higher than the 78,000 fans that the New York Jets averaged for home games last year and also the New York Giants at 76,000. So again, Arsenal, Manchester United, they had 82,000 fans in attendance at their match. The New York Jets averaged 78,000 last year and the New York Giants averaged just over 76,000 last year. So big difference there. And it's not just these huge global football clubs putting up big numbers either. Take El Trafico, for instance. The MLS rivalry between Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC, and the LA Galaxy set an MLS attendance record in July with 82,110 fans at the Rose Bowl. Again, I just talked to you about the game that I went to, AC Milan and Real Madrid. They had just over 70,000 fans. 
the rivalry between MLS clubs, LAFC, and the LA Galaxy had 82,000 fans. Again, I talked about this on Twitter and some people got upset. I wasn't saying anything about Real Madrid and AC Milan not having hundreds of millions of fans globally. That's exactly my point, actually, was that these fan bases usually sell out stadiums wherever they went. I went to the match. It was absolutely insane. There were so many Real Madrid fans there, I couldn't even believe it. These people loved it. They were crazy. It was an awesome atmosphere. But then to turn around and say, oh, wait, the MLS match at the exact same stadium just a few weeks earlier had 12,000 more fans than that. That seemed absolutely absurd to me. And it's a huge sign of where the MLS has come over the last few years. But still, it feels like soccer has been having its moment in the United States for decades. In 1975, Pele shocked the world when he signed a three-year, $7 million record-breaking deal with the New York Cosmos. A record 10 million people watched his debut on CBS, and the Cosmos even had to move their games from a small stadium that got relatively no fans on Randall's Island to Giant Stadium, and they eventually set a North American attendance record of more than 77,000 fans at Giant Stadium. And I want to read you a quote from Pele himself in 2013. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Pele said, today, if you are all over the world, every place in the world you go, they say Pele. When are the New York Cosmos coming back? Sometimes I get a little upset. I played 25 years in Santos and nobody asked me. But I'm proud of that because we made football or soccer in the U.S. well known. But that was nearly 50 years ago. And it still feels like the United States has a long way to go with the sport. Major League Soccer or MLS is the dominant domestic league today. We all know that. And the organization is actually really well capitalized. They have several billionaire owners. They have a $2.5 billion broadcasting deal with Apple. And the average team valuation has increased from $37 million in 2008 to $582 million last year via Forbes. That's a 1,500% increase over the last 14 years. And it has a lot to do with, again, the $2.5 billion broadcasting deal they signed with Apple. It has a lot to do with the increase in popularity of the sport. Soccer is now the third or fourth most popular sport, depending on how you look at it in the United States. It used to be fifth, sixth, seventh, depending on what you looked at. And it's now challenging, challenging Major League Baseball for popularity. Again, it has come a long way. Attendance numbers have increased. Sponsorship money has increased. Broadcasting deals have increased. The sport has, by all accounts, made a lot of money over the last decade or two. But still, Major League Soccer isn't one of the world's top 15 leagues from a talent perspective. And 36-year-old Lionel Messi won't be able to change that by himself, especially considering many other international talents have already made their way to the United States, including people like David Beckham, Thierry Henry, Wayne Rooney, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Gareth Bale, Kaká, Andrea Pirlo, Didier Drogba, David Villa, and others. Instead, Major League Soccer must expand on its grassroots initiatives, keeping talented American players from leaving for bigger clubs. They must face more international competition. I don't care if they get blown out. You rise to your level of competition. They need to be playing more international matches. 
I don't care if they lose every all-star game to teams like Arsenal or other people like that. You need to be getting on a bigger stage. Go to Europe. Go play these bigger matches. Do it every single year. They also need to keep building local fan bases, capitalizing on the increased football fandom we've seen throughout the youth in the United States. When I go to a park or I walk my dog or I go somewhere like that, you don't see kids wearing LeBron jerseys, really. You don't see them wearing Giannis jerseys. You don't see them wearing Steph Curry jerseys. Of course, there's some of that for sure. The NBA is huge. Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, there's some of that. But you see them wearing Mbappe jerseys. You see them wearing Messi jerseys. I've seen more Inter-Miami Messi jerseys in the last week in Miami than the previous three years combined. And that's the truth, right? And even if it's not MLS, again, you're seeing Mbappe jerseys. You're seeing Ronaldo jerseys. You're seeing these superstars because they have these huge social media followings. It's massive international. And these kids look up to them, right? It's just like American athletes. Anyone that would be wearing one of these other jerseys, it has become a cultural item of significance to wear these jerseys throughout the United States. And MLS, they must also do one other important thing. They need to strip down some of the roster restriction rules. Anyone that knows anything about MLS knows some of these rules are absolutely ridiculous. There are plenty of owners, many owners, that want to be spending more money than they are right now, but they can't because of the rule. I think it was David Tepper who owns uh, the Charlotte MLS team. He also owns the Panthers, billionaire hedge fund guy. He was quoted by The Athletic last week mentioning how he wants to be spending more money. He wants to spend more money, but the current restrictions on the rosters in MLS don't allow him to do that. So there's some things to work out there. Again, grassroots initiatives are important. We need to keep American players in the United States playing for MLS clubs. The money will come. As the league continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger, this money will come. You'll be able to pay the players. We need to be building local fan bases like they are in Austin and other places like that, capitalizing on the increased football fandom that we've seen throughout the youth already. It's just international right now, but we need to get them interested in the American players. And then we need to change some of the roster rules, enabling these owners to pay their players more or get international players over here for bigger deals. Now, look, I'm not naive. I know that there will always be challenges when it comes to soccer in the United States. Many international football fans don't like the MLS schedule and the lack of promotion relegation in the United States system. It almost like takes some of the soul out of the sport. But football, specifically, is the world's biggest sport with over 3.5 billion fans worldwide. And one of the easiest ways to look at this is just the stats, right? From a viewership perspective, the NFL Super Bowl last year had 115 million viewers globally. The FIFA World Cup final last year had 1.5 billion fans globally watching it. Again, Super Bowl, 115 million. World Cup final, 1.5 billion. So that gives you a good idea of context-wise how big this sport can be. It's massive. It's absolutely massive. And when you add in the fact that the United States is the world's most lucrative sports market, here's another data point for you, by the way. The NFL brings in more annual revenue, roughly $20 billion a year, than the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and League One combined. Combined. All of those leagues bring in about $19 billion in annual revenue. Not the clubs, the leagues, right? Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and League One. And that's less than the NFL. The NFL, despite all of those leagues and all of those teams having significantly more fans than the National Football League. And this is for one simple point, right? The United States is the world's biggest economy and it's the world's most lucrative sports market as a result. So my guess is that economic incentives eventually take over. And with more fans falling in love with the sport due to one, Lionel Messi, of course, but then two, we have a bunch of big tournaments coming up here. We have Copa America in 2024 and then the World Cup in 2026. 
My guess is that club valuations continue to rise over the coming years. And in turn, MLS teams will continue to recruit better and better talent over the coming years due to their ability to offer higher wages. So while it's true that MLS may never be a top five league globally, the real truth is that they don't need to be a top five league globally to be considered a success. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope everyone has an amazing weekend. Please do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a five-star review on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk on Monday.